theme song. Greetings, everybody. Hello, welcome to your own your own phone. I always say that. Welcome to your own iPad or phone or or your computer. Hey, how you doing? How are things? I am Josh Eleven, making another podcast for you. This is the this is my space boat one podcast, my vehicle for exploring the world of comedy because boats are funny, right? Lifeboats, space lifeboats are funny. Uh, that's what this is all about, so hey, hang on to your hats, strap in for the next... Nobody wears hats anymore, do they? Only, like, kind of... I was about to say douchebags, but I don't... I I don't want to say... Because I have good friends who wear hats. But I suppose maybe my good friends are douchebags. People who wear hats, yeah, it's weird. Don't wear hats. Unless you're bald. I guess you can wear a hat if you're bald. But, I mean, I know I shouldn't say this about bald people... But uh, I'm just going to say that, and, and I'm just going to be wrong and just, okay. But you got to own it. If you're bald, you got to own, like, you know, just be be bald and proud. Like, that's what I say. Um, I know, like, not being bald myself, having a wonderful head of luscious hair that I've let grown to ridiculous lengths of my shoulders, which is not that long, but... Anyways, yeah, I know I'm not the person who should talk to bald people and tell them what to do, um, but uh, yeah, just just be proud of your your delicious chromey chrome dome <laughs> or whatever it is you have on your head. Uh, you know, for all I know, there are zero bald listeners. In fact, I there are not that many listeners to begin with, but maybe a few, maybe one or two. Guys are bald out there, but just letting you... And lady, ladies who are bald, um, yeah, that's a whole other problem. So I, you're on your own with that. I mean, do what you got to do. I don't know. I know wigs are not pleasant, but maybe you're willing to go to that length and wear a wig. Anyways, yes, um, I already introduced myself. I am Josh Jelevin. You're listening to the Space Boat One podcast uh, recorded in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, still, it's a solo solo flight activity, but we're going to have guests on fairly soon, so look forward to that, I suppose. Um, yay, we're going to have guests. Uh, eventually, it's going to happen, and I'm looking forward to it myself. Uh, in the meantime, though, uh, this is my, what I do for, to, what am I doing this for? <laughs> I'm doing it, I'm doing it to, to practice, to, uh, is, is that what I'm doing? To be more funny, to grow, to hopefully grab some of you at your attention and like hold on to you and then like you know get my claws into you and then and then you you become like my fans or my audience or my my army and then you go out into the world and you tell everybody about how great this Josh 11 person is and how funny he is um man I yeah I think I might be getting ahead of myself anyways that's what we do with podcasts right we're all about the self-promotion, and we're about having fun. That's what we're going to try and do. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about interesting things, and we're going to... I don't know what, why I'm telling you all this now, because you perhaps some people have listened to previous episodes. I don't know. Um, in which case, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. If you did, come back. I'm so glad you did. Uh, let's get into... I don't know. Do you want to do some content? Some actual like talk about stuff? Uh, what do I wanted to talk about? Okay, right off the top, I'll talk about this um, about uh, learning because I have been I have been insecure in recent days, and I, it goes up and down. It comes comes and goes. I have been insecure about uh, being able to create um, good and decent uh, comedy and content and writing and things like that. Uh, but the, the thing to do is, if like, hopefully I'm talking to other people out there who are also insecure at times, from time to time. I think that's safe to say. Um, it's safe to assume that everybody experiences some kind of insecurity at some point. So, with that being said, how do you deal with insecurity? What do you do about it? Well, you push through. You do it anyways. You, you do your thing. Um, and I guess that kind of sounds like I'm making excuses for why I'm not funnier, I guess. I always, that's, oh yeah, I forgot that traditional apology at the beginning of the show for not being funnier last week. Um, I think I was, I think it was one of my better 
performances last week, like the last podcast that I did, episode number 11, um, but there were, obviously, there were still flaws in it, um, and uh, and I think I could do better, um, and uh, I guess I'm not shooting for laughs every single, like, every 20 seconds or anything, I, like, this is not stand-up, otherwise I would be sort of repeating the same podcast every week and trying to you know, hone it and try to get the timing just right so that you all laugh just perfectly. Uh, but no, this is more of a conversation, and hopefully something funny will come up. Okay, wow. I apologize, apologize, apologize. Sorry. Um, that reminds me, yeah, Sam Lee, uh, shout out to Sam if you're listening. Uh, he kind of tore apart the, the the this very podcast last week with, like, a bunch of comments. We just, like, oh, man, that's really good. Um if if you're listening, Sam, um, and if you want, like, well, I should, oh, it's too late. It started, the thought has begun. Um, I want to try and get Sam as a guest on this podcast. Like, I want him to be one of the ones. But, I mean, that's totally, like, I haven't asked him yet, so, uh, you know, I'll have to do that. This I'm doing this all wrong, backwards. Um, but uh, he's, yeah, that sort of person is who I'm looking at. But anyways, but, yeah, there, the, the thought is... The thought is completed. I always feel like, like that. I like to try and turn my filter off as much as possible for this podcast, and not, not hold back on thoughts that come to my head and not say them. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That seems to be the thing to do. <laughs> uh, but yes, he was tearing apart the podcast in the in the Facebook comments and making. Uh, let's let's. I'm just gonna look at some. Of them. I'm not gonna share all of the comments. Uh, just my favorite one was, um, if someone's getting better laughs, that usually means they did better. You're right. I was an asshole, basically, in the last podcast. I'm still an asshole. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to say assholish things, things in this podcast, but I'm like, oh, I'm funnier than, than Elliot, and <laughs> that's not true. I'm not. He's, um, if anything, we're on about the same level, me and Elliot, I... Anyways, it did, that doesn't matter. The point is, he did really, he did really well on that. But that was that was weeks ago. That's ancient history, because in comedy we're always looking forward. Like it's funny. Like you can, in comedy you can, if you're doing stand-up comedy, uh, you can kill, crush, destroy. You know, do the like really perform really good and make lots of people laugh in a set, like and one night, and then you know the next weekend rolls around and you just you just don't feel it anymore like you it doesn't that doesn't seem to carry you very far because you're always looking for the next uh the next set you're always looking forward it doesn't matter what you did in the past uh you gotta you gotta be focusing on the the future the next set so you always want to be looking to uh destroy in the next one and you're always worried about bombing in the moment like like how do i do like the next like tonight coming up which is good because yeah, you don't you don't want to live in the past too much. Although I should mention, like, sometimes people say like they talk about the past, like, eh, like I don't like I don't want to think about you know where I used to be in my twenties or in my teens. Like I was a dumbass, I was stupid. Um, okay, I, yeah, I can I get that because I I have that feeling in my heart too. Like I have that feeling of really regretting, like intense regret for just not for like doing I don't know, evil stuff or like crimes although um speaking of crime just crimes would be something like we used to we used to steal the um some of the road uh construction like barriers <laughs> which come to think of it that was kind of a dangerous thing to do i don't think you know i wasn't on one of the the picker upper guys like i was i rode around with with like a group of students of high school students hopefully the statute of limitations is run out on this but i used to run around ride around in vehicles when i guess we must have been 16 17 those old enough that at least one of us would have a driver's license and access to the parents car maybe a car of their own i can't remember but yeah we used to drive around town in victoria and pick up these street signs and then as a prank we would like drop them off on somebody's lawn like pick a usually it wasn't somebody that we hated it was somebody that we kind of uh, kind of, I guess it was like sort of a as a hazing kind, maybe. 
I don't even know, Rick, like, really our motivation is just, oh, let's do this. Let's, it'd be awesome. Because I guess that's how kids think. And that's, frankly, how people think. Sometimes adults don't grow out of that. Anyways, that was talking about crimes. But it, uh, I was talking about things that I regret in my youth. And, yeah, we all have those little things. Like, you cringe at something that you said to some lady. <laughs> like, I had a, I had a teacher... Uh, I think she was a substitute teacher, actually, and I must have been in grade six or seven, and, uh, and, like, we were, like, she was trying to have, like, kind of almost adult conversation with me, right? So, I think she was asking, like, oh, what do you think of this school, and, and this and that. It was, a, it was a small Christian school, but that wasn't part of the conversation, uh, but it just happened to be. Uh, and then she was going like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Like, oh, you, so you're a student, do you like it here? It's stuff like that. And then at some point, I don't even remember how I, how it came up, but I was like saying like, oh, for example, the things I'm learning, you know, I'm telling her like, oh yeah, this school is great. Like, uh, for example, I might be reading about mammary glands. And, And to be honest, like that, that is what we happen to have been studying, like, in, like, one of our classes. It's like, well, it can't, it comes up in school. You learn about anatomy. But I was like, mammary glands, and I just stared straight at her breasts as I said it. I was like, mammary glands, stare. <laughs> and for some reason, that embarrassing moment, like, sticks in my head to this day, even though it was nothing, and she probably forgot about it the same day. Or she, she probably thought, oh, these kids are really creepy these days, right? <laughs> But um, it's, it's those kinds of things, and there's probably worse examples of things that you really regret about being young and being younger than you are today. But the thing is, a lot of people will say, well, just don't dwell in the past. Like, don't think about the past at all. Just always look forward and forget about the past as much as you can. Nostalgia is stupid. Um, and I guess there are other people who like nostalgia. They're like, oh, I love, you know, the things that we did in the 90s. Hey, I love that cartoon. And... There were good things in the bad, and I love that movie, and I love those candies that you always used to get. So people like remembering those sort of things. But yeah, other people are like, ugh, past is cringy. But let, let me let me enlighten you. Let me tell you the real way to go on this. Do remember the past. Try and remember it as accurately as possible. Do remember the douchey things or the uh, cringy things that you might have said in the past. Like, keep those in your brain. Like, don't don't try and force that incident about the mammary glands. <laughs> like, don't force that out of your memory. Talk about it and, and tell it on a podcast or, you know, at least just, or, or write it down for that matter or, you know, get it, you know, recycle that memory. And, and I'm not saying, don't, the, the okay, here's the, the thing. Like, so remember it, but don't dwell on it. Like, don't, like go over and over and over and over again. And that's one incident, but there might be other incidents that you just kind of continually repeat and regret every single day. So, yeah, don't don't just constantly churn that back and forth because that's not healthy either. You need some kind of middle path where you do remember you're like, "Oh, I didn't I didn't enjoy the feeling that I had when I did that or I feel like I hurt that person or made them embarrassed or whatever it was." Um so I don't want to repeat that, so you remember that, but, yeah, you don't necessarily dwell in the past. And then, you, yeah, you remember. And the other thing about the past is good things did happen. Um, and, you know, I was talking about nostalgia a second ago. People remember all the good things that happened. Yes, you can remember the good things. Sometimes you remember more of the good things than the bad things because you're trying to, you know, sort of sugarcoat your past. Sometimes your past might have been, like, another kid's nightmare. Like, if you were a popular kid and... You maybe picked on an unpopular kid. That was that's not so good. Um, so you don't want to like just think about oh I had so much joy and just you know sort of picturing in, in that scene and then the camera pans over to this to the kid who you just you know stole some candy from or I, I don't know what or made cry or something like that like making you super happy but you know kind of left them up. So <coughs> excuse me. What was the point I was trying to make? Go with that middle path. Do remember middle path. Do remember your past. Enjoy the enjoyable parts. Uh, hang on to the unpleasant parts, and um, and uh, and and probably spend a bit more time on the future. Like, 
honestly, the future is, if you have to weigh one against the other, the future is, to me, the future is always more interesting and more exciting because you don't know what's going to happen. You can actually affect it. So if I think about the future, well, maybe there's... Because, you know, all the time I spend thinking about the past, okay, it's I have fun or I learn, but I can't do anything to change the past. So it's always looking to the future. Okay, so that's why the future is better than the past. Huh. Well, we just came to that conclusion, didn't we? That was fun. Um, and I was talking about regretting what I did last week. Uh, and, yeah, okay. Yeah, and, yeah, if somebody gets better laughs, that means they did better. Okay, yes, that is true, and I am dumb. <laughs> okay. Uh, producers picks out of the night. So, yes, the producers picks out of the night. Um, I, I was talking about set the set of the night, which is a thing, you know, Actually, you know, it occurred to me, I have not been to an open mic outside of Victoria, and the other open mic that we did at the Strath, we didn't, there wasn't a set in the night. So I, I don't think that's, I don't think a lot, not everybody does something like that. So pro people probably do a little kind of like that, but yeah. Um, I don't think that's necessarily something that all open mics do. Um, which, again, Sam, you can correct me on that too, or, or whatever, tell me whether you have set a night at your open mic, which I would love to go to in Vancouver. So at some point I'm, I'm probably going to, but have to get, you know, over there. And I guess I'd need a place to stay. I mean, I have family in Vancouver, but that might be a bit of a hassle. We'll see. Anyways, I, it'll happen. I, I'm sure. Like, I am sure. Speaking of being sure of things, I, I was also, boy, I'm still talking about last week's episode, but I just wanted to... I don't know why I'm even saying this, but here's another comment that Sam left. If someone's sure, if someone is sure, I guess in quotes, a joke's hack and has been done before, he or she should probably avoid telling the joke on stage. I know, I know that. I so yeah, and when I said I probably was too liberal with the word sure because I was saying, and I'm sure this joke's been done before, but when I say that. And I don't think I'm the only one who uses language this way, but I realize that it's ambiguous when you say, I'm sure that didn't happen. You don't, that's sort of almost an ironic use of the word sure. But that's my fault, because sure can have both of those meanings, and, and I didn't clarify which I meant. But I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I, I've never heard anybody do, like, I did a joke um, at, an op at an open mic about Labor Day, and I said, I'm sure somebody's done it before. I'm not actually sure. Like, I don't know. Like, it, statistically, I guess I would say, it's likely that, because that joke is, it's so, I guess this can be another topic about jokes. It's very low-hanging fruit as far as jokes go. Like, it's, it was very obvious. It's like, oh, okay, we'll just, you know, grab this joke. Here we Labor Day, Labor Day is, is labor. When a woman goes into labor, hey. So in that sense, um, I guess there's a difference between a joke being a hack and low-hanging fruit. I guess those are very close concepts, but it's not necessarily the same, because it's possible that a low-hanging fruit joke or something that looks obvious to you, it's possible that no one else has ever thought of that, or at least thought to tell it on stage before. Um, and that happens all the time, because we're we're always telling jokes, and we're always, like, there's a lot of people doing stand-up comedy, so... Um, yeah, it's it's hard to say. You can't say for sure if, if a joke has never been done because maybe somebody independently thought of it because there are only so many puns in the world. Is that true? I don't know. I'd like to... I'll have to think about it. I guess there's, there might be a finite number of puns, but it might be the same as a finite number of like musical arrangements that you can possibly do, which is to say uh, you'll never... Like somebody did a, a math project about how, how many songs there might be like i think it's a vsauce video um how many songs it is possible to have like just in terms of basically notes because you have to you know sort of narrow it down that way like sort of a, a melody line how many melody lines are there possible to be made within a certain range of i guess the the human <laughs> hearing range would be a good start um but yeah there is there's an enormous number. You, you never get to all of them in your lifetime, but it is technically finite. Same with, I think that's probably how jokes work. I think there's a finite number of jokes, but you would never get to all of them in your lifetime, even if you tried. Even if, I don't know, I wonder, 
That's a good question. I wonder how many stand-up comedians there are counting everybody, counting open micers, counting everybody, everybody who's ever done stand-up comedy, everybody who's still, okay, they have to be still alive, they have to have performed at one open mic, told at least one thing that they consider a joke, even if they got no laughs, they count how many of those people are there in the world. Um, millions? Probably, I guess. I think there would be millions in the millions. Maybe a million. One million people have ever tried? No, probably more than that. I don't know. Anyways, uh, yeah, with all the people trying, maybe maybe it is possible to cover every single joke that is ever possible to tell. I don't know. And then, of course, it, yeah, it depends how you count. Like, do you count all the jokes in visual, in the human range of hearing? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yes. That was, yeah, that that was a bad joke. That, that bombed. But at least it was a joke. At least I tried, right? Um, okay, yeah, so I was talking about last week's, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, and I, yeah, I talked a little bit about, um what I do on this podcast and it occurred to me because uh, like I, I spent a fair amount of time on the the stand, uh, Reddit stand-up sub forum like stand-up not stand-up comedy but just plain stand-up which seems to be more about the craft of it and about people like me talking about oh I did I did an open mic the other day and then here's what I learned and this and that um, and I remember like people on on that Reddit, like people on Reddit in general, can be a little bit nasty and a little bit um, like they can really try and pick at you, like pick at what's important to you, and they they really find and like they really get to you, like and they're kind of trollish a little bit in some ways, and they're like and they they really tear you down, like they won't let you have errors, which is good. Like I really like Reddit for that reason. It's very it's kind of caustic. I I say caustic, not necessarily toxic, although. So I think there's a difference between caustic and toxic. Um, I think caustic is can be actually kind of good in a way, because it's um, it's like cleaning up all the the grime and the junk, whereas toxic is like no, it gets in your soul and it sticks there and like so yeah. So those things are, um, I think sometimes people mix mix those up. Um, and Reddit I think is caustic, but it can be toxic sometimes. Um, but yeah, Reddit has this thing, and they also they have this downvote system, which I, I just it, it hurts my soul the Reddit downvote system, um, and I I shouldn't even worry about this now because I don't care like nobody is downvoting this podcast unless I happen to put it on Reddit or something like that. Um, but one of the one of the themes that occasionally comes up on stand up, and I guess some of this is just is um, busting people's balls, which is <laughs> hard to to uh, identify when you're watching uh, people post and make comments on the internet. Um, it's hard to know when something is just sort of busting balls or when something is seriously like, you know, I, I'm mad at you and want to hurt you. I guess the thing is, who cares if people are mad at you on the internet because it's like they can't reach through the computer. But what you do have now on Reddit, which which can actually kind of <laughs> kind of like have a harmful effect on somebody is this the fact that there's upvotes and downvotes and if you hate something that somebody posted on or even a comment you you hate something that they wrote you can you have the power to do a little click and it's and it's a downvote and it goes a negative number on their score and it makes them mad <laughs> um, and that feels a little like that's a way to actually reach through the computer and touch somebody I think I think that's how that works on Reddit because you can, and then when yeah, when you downvote, if people get downvoted enough, they get invisible. They, if you get downvoted when you first join a community, um, like a, a, one of the subreddits, like you s start to subscribe and start to comment in a subreddit of whatever it happens to be, um, whether it's you know tree, or we'll say cannabis appreciation or something like that. Um, if you post a lot of stuff that gets negative. Uh, comments like people don't like you, like you can get banned, and and I guess you can always make a new user account. To, but but it, there is that threat that when you like, if if you get downvoted enough, then that's you don't get to participate in that community. And this this thing it's kind of a little bit similar because when you get downvoted, your comment gets moved down the page, like below other comments, and people are more likely to read like 
the top comments, the ones near the top of the page, because people are lazy. They don't like to scroll all the way down, and you have to read all the comments in between. So, yeah, it is some effort. Um, so, yes, so downvoting does kind of decrease your level of ability to participate in the conversation. So, that said, what happens in uh, stand-up, there's... People like to post like stuff a little bit like what I'm doing right now, like some commenting on how comedy works from the perspective of somebody who's fairly new to the world of stand-up, of getting into stand-up and really trying to make a go at it. But like having this, um, the the fact is like I you know I don't have that much experience in stand-up and and people like they don't even like in in stand-up comedy people consider you a baby if you've only been doing it for five years or something like that. Um, and I've been, you know, I've been at this less than a year. Um, so people are like, well, what, like, how can you comment on things like the rules of stand-up or, like, you know, how to do this, how to do that, like, little tips and tricks and things like that. How are, like, because a lot of people try to get into it, and there's other people who do other podcasts about, like, there's the Open Micers podcast uh, which I do recommend. I'm just listening to you because it's enjoyable and they're they're good people. Um, but uh, yeah, there's this thing where they're saying they're saying, oh yeah, all the newbies are telling the even newbier noobs how to how stand up really works or how this world of comedy it, what really works in this and and there's a lot of bullshit in on the Reddit, and there's a lot of bullshit, like, sort of in real-life comedy, because that's the other thing. Like, it used to be that comedy, and it still is, I think, for the most part, but the world of stand-up comedy contains a lot of people who are kind of just doing it by the seat of their pants and kind of just figuring out what works and what doesn't. Sometimes they'll stumble across something that works for them but was the wrong, like, it's not generalizable advice. And sometimes they'll just pass on advice that just isn't good. Like, it's bad. They'll pass on bad advice. And, the, you know, I think, because people like to sound like they know what they're talking about, so suddenly they'll just make up bullshit about, oh, yeah, this is this is how you got to do, like, never do crowd work or do crowd work or always do crowd work or never look to the left or, or only or other versions of that. Um, little tips and tips, tips and tricks that people kind of learn and then repeat and then it gets repeated along. So there's so... What I'm trying to say is the world of stand-up comedy is full of people who give you bad advice. Um, and yeah, we know this. Like, this is something that comes up on the Reddit from time to time. And then, of course, Reddit and the Internet tries to sort of um, aggregate a lot of this. Like, we try to put together, like, kind of collaborate and put to get, put our heads together and find out, the, like, the best practices, the best way to do the thing that we do. Um, and I think this applies to other industries that happen to have... Uh, fairly strong online presence and um i think it works especially for stand-up because there's usually not that many like in each city but we need but there's a lot sort of sp we're very spread out so the internet is very useful for us because it lets us communicate and we often travel or i mean we the the royal we i don't not yet anyways i haven't had a chance to but i would love to get out on the road and do some stand-up coming on the road um but yeah, the point is, yeah, we, the internet has been very useful for us, us for connecting, and and podcasts for that matter. Podcasts seems to seem to be uh, very good for stand-up comedy, very good for communicating, um, and television has always been kind of good for it. But television also has other variety acts, sort of kind of joining in on the, on it because it's visual. So you might have things like dance and music and America's Got Talent and drama and. Uh, comedy sketch shows and th things like that, but podcasts seem to be especially um, useful for stand-up comedians to sort of to express themselves, get their name out there, and talk about comedy, talk about the stories and the industry and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's <laughs> I'm telling you on a podcast all the wonderful things about why you should listen to podcasts. So I know that's a little weird, but uh, I guess it's getting a little meta. Sorry about that. Um, but what I was saying is, uh, to get back to this point I was trying to make about Reddit, is they they sort of criticize this fact that it is the is the young, new, less than a year in um, people telling 
the people who have never done, you know, open mics, oh, this is how you do it, and so on and so forth. But, okay, here is my counterpoint to that. <laughs> my counterpoint is that when I went to, I went to university, um, and I did terribly, but that's not important. Um, somebody at some point was teaching how to take notes or something like that. Or I, I read an article about the best way to take notes. And they said that, um, okay, there's this hierarchy of like of uh, assimilating information. So on the, the very lowest level is something like listening, like list, visual, uh, audio. Actually, I, I can't remember if audio or visual were the lowest on the tilt. But if you just read you know, an article or a book or something, you absorb the information. Okay, now you know that thing. Now you have that fact. Can you recite it again? Well, you might forget it. So there's that's the lowest level. And then audio is somebody telling it to you, like a lecture, for example. And then if, if the lecture has both the notes and um, audio, so if the, the teacher is writing something on the blackboard or, or gives a handout that you can read along with them, okay, that's the next step up, is that it's a combination of audio and visual Next step up for that is if the students are taking notes, like if they're actively writing their own notes down, that is actually an additional reinforcement to memorizing material. Uh, and then what they found is the absolute, the highest level of retention is obtained when the student is employed to then teach the next, you know, another student in the class or, you know, or tutor somebody either at the same level or lower level. So it's like it's read, write, teach. And the, the highest level of this is is sort of that thing where you reconstitute and you, re, you rearrange all the ideas that you learned, you synthesize them into some kind of knowledge, and then you figure out how to pass it on to the next person. Um, and that's the, way, that's the way you do it. That's the way you learn things. So now... I think you can see where I'm going with this because I want to say now what we do is we apply that to stand-up comedy. So the people who are most eager to learn in stand-up comedy, like hopefully like myself, although not always, but hopefully, yeah, uh, the people who are most eager to learn ought to be the people who are also, you're going to hear them making podcasts, you're going to hear them writing advice columns, you're going to hear them like writing, you know, 10 tips to learn like how to do things to do at this the open mic. Because that's how you learn. That's you learn by writing. And yes, you could just you know write write up that list of ten things and then keep it for yourself on your own computer. But I, I just want to say like there's less motivation when you actually sit down to write if you're not actually planning on sort of throwing it up on Reddit, for example, or on your blog, or on um, uh, another stand-up forum, Facebook, uh, or you know anything like that. I think I made my point. I think that's how you learn. That's why I'm doing this. I'm, I'm working it all out, sorting it all out, figuring it out, how to do it. And that's that's why you see like sort of newbies always commenting on how comedy is done. And I hope, like all this time, like I hope I maintain sort of a level, and I think I did in the last episode. And, and, but, I mean, you can judge me if you want. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, but I think I maintain a level of, of humility, the, the fact that I'm like, okay, I am still, you know, new to this. I don't know everything. And I'm, you know, another two or three years into it, so I'm, if I'm still doing stand-up comedy in two or three years, uh, I still won't know, like, everything there is to know. And people will be like, oh, what, you're only three years? You're just a baby still at stand-up comedy. Well, okay. <laughs> More of that. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, we're, hopefully, I'm doing really cool things. Into well, I should say the fact is I'm doing cool things now. Like I'm happy with my life now. I mean, it's not where I want it to be, but it is not bad either. So it is good. Life is good right now. Um, well, yeah. What else did we want to talk about? Um, uh, Okay, this thing about bad comedy being bad for all comedy. Um, okay, uh, bad comedy, bad for bad, bad. So I, another thing, another sort of repercussion that came up from the last episode, from last week's episode, this is like part two, the sequeling of 
of the, what did I call it? Oh, it was called C-minus in feminism, even though it had nothing to do with feminism. But I, I made that comment at one point in the podcast, so I, I thought it was funny, so I called the title that. Basically, if I make one joke, I suppose, in this podcast, even if it bombs, uh, that's going to probably have to be the title, because this is supposed to be a jokes podcast. Anyways, so I got into it. Um, Eric Child... Eric Charles Nielsen, he's the, the crisis alert guy from Community and a, a fantastic stand-up comic and, and a good guy. But he did, like, he was, like, the one guy who commented on the last <laughs> the last episode. Um, and he said something like, it's stupid to promote um, open mics. So, I mean, I had that conversation in the last episode, so I probably don't need to repeat it now. Uh, but, yeah, I was saying, like, no, you should... I was I was saying you should promote it open mics and you were saying no you shouldn't and he was saying something like because it's base it's your he's well he didn't say you're guaranteed to have bad comedy but he's basically saying bad comedy hurts everybody in the comedy industry like and I heard this also um, I heard this from Dave Atwood on the Dave Atwood show which is a very good show also in Victoria British Columbia. Victoria, British Columbia. If you haven't uh, subscribed to Dave Atwood's, uh, I think it's just called The Dave Atwood Show. He's a magician here in Victoria, and his comedy is, his comedy, his podcast is all about um, sort of gigging in Victoria and and elsewhere, obviously, because he's currently in Las Vegas. I think he is in Las Vegas. Um, he, uh, yeah, he said bad magic is bad for all magic. Like, if, if somebody is performing a bad magic routine and is getting, you know, paid for it or, you know, sort of gets that into people's heads, people will think, oh, all magic is like this and I hate magic, right? And that's the, the same sentiment that uh, Eric was giving to me about bad comedy hurts all comedy because people think that's what comedy is. Now, uh I think there's some truth to that. I don't want to say that that's wrong. Um, but we we kind of need to let bad comedy happen. Like, because uh, a lot of the reasons that bad comedy is bad is because it's new. It's because people are learning what to do. And and I, I, I keep noticing myself, like, I always try and, like, really strongly defend the noobs. I'm like, no, you got to be, you know, got to be kind to the noob people. Um, and I wonder, like, if, you know, in, in five years from now, if I'll be, like, you know, sort of uh, punching down at them and being like, hey, no, you know, stop being so bad at this. Um, <laughs> and, and that's fine, too, because you want to, like, saying that something is bad and, and admitting it's bad, well, what's the solution to that? Get better. So what are we telling the bad comics to do? We're telling them to get better at comedy. The bad magicians to do? We're telling them, you got to practice more. Please, for God's sake, like, you're hurting me when you don't put enough effort into it. And, and they are putting effort into it, but you're like, you know, please, you know, work hard and get better. We need you to be better at this because then we will get more work because more people will think, oh, yeah, magic, that's the thing that I actually like, rather than always, oh, just magic, oh, I hate magic. So they're so bad and annoying. And, and comedy is a very similar thing. Um so what do you do what do you do with open mics then? What do you do when you 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 have amateurs, new people, people who aren't this the funniest? Uh how do you promote that? Well, that's kind of the host job. And and I think I've been you know, I've been lucky to be in Victoria because the, the shows that we have, um, like at Ratfish and so on, like we get hosts well not I mean some of our hosts are also new, but one of the things that our hosts will often say, and I think Shane said this at one point when I was, like, after one of my sets, which it's a kindness on one level, on one level but on another level, it's like, oh, screw him. Like, um, But basically, I did a bad set, like I bombed and at the open mic, and Shane says some, he's he's doing the hosting thing. He's really good, um, and he, he comes up after me, he's like, oh, that was Josh 11, everybody give him a hand, and he says, sometimes people are trying out new things, and sometimes it doesn't always work, so you just gotta, (laughs) and then, so, that's good, because it, you know, it, it makes, it makes the audience sort of like me a little bit more, but also at the same time, it's like, uh, why did he have to say that, like, that I was, you know, acknowledging, basically, that I did bad, but you, you have to do that, and that's, I think that's what a good host has 
that's, that's the job of the host because an open mic might not always have the best acts. So the job of the host is to actually is to keep the audience uh, interested, to keep the audience uh, engaged, and um, because the other thing about open mics is I think I said this already, but there is built-in drama. The fact that it is a show in itself, the fact that people who are not used to going up on stage go up on stage and, oh, what's going to happen? Like, are they going to be nervous? Like, so you're kind of cheering for them. That's a story in itself that the audience can kind of get on board with and get behind. It's like, oh, like, what is happening? Like, oh, and, and sometimes, like, the bad ones, it's like, oh, what's happening? What, are somebody going to take them off? Or are they just going to run the light forever? It's like, so there's a little bit of t- interesting tension there that, that actually can be entertaining and, and is at an open mic. And then so what you have, you know, the host's job is to sort of steer the audience in that direction and, and be like, oh, hey, we can cheer for this this guy who's getting zero laughs and he's terrible on stage or guy or girl getting zero laughs, terrible on stage, no stage present, going on forever, too long. And then the the host can be like, OK, you saw that, you know, that was a story. That was a little piece of life. And maybe you didn't laugh, but maybe you saw something in a human and and i i mean i come at stand-up comedy from living a life of not necessarily being that interested in comedy i mean i liked it but um so i like other medium media like uh drama or you know theater stage plays and stuff like that um and uh and yeah laughter isn't doesn't you don't have to have in other forms of entertainment you're not demanding a laugh every 20 seconds or whatever it is um, you can you can have things like a story, like here's a person that came on stage and did a thing and they left the stage and nobody laughed, but they at least they got what happened, like they understood. And that's and that's an aspect of entertainment. So it's possible that you might not want to classify sort of open mics as stand up comedy, although it's probably closer to stand up comedy than it's to other things. Um, you can you can call it its own art form for that matter. You can say like the open mic is is its own kind of medium, basically. Like it's own, it's, a, it's its own thing um, that doesn't count maybe as stand up comedy, but it's still something that that ought to be done and that ought to be. I think people should go to. Um, that's the other thing. Like I I I strongly think that audiences should like you know regular people uh, should go to open mics. So I'm basically restating last week's thing on that. All right, so I think I'll I'll stop there with with that particular topic. Um, uh, yeah, good advice. Yeah, the, and yeah, the hosts just have to. Just one last point on this: the hosts just have to sort of educate about. Uh, at every open mic, you're going to have new people and audience members who've never been to an open mic. So you educate about things like the light and the flashing light, and they have three minutes, and people are allowed to try out new things. And and you can even say like about if you have if you happen to have a professional comic on the stage, like the the host can mention to the crowd like this is going to be you know yes they're normally super funny in other contexts, but they're trying out something new, so it might not necessarily work here. So you have a you have all uh, those tools as a host as a good host and you just remind the audience of what's going on and then you in the some hosts do their own like a little bit of material in between so if they're good comics uh, in their own right they have they can bring it up and and uh make people laugh just to to keep people entertained in between the other comics so all of that happens yes um now i have one other thing more about more about last week, uh, because somebody wanted respond to respond to the uh, the points I made about improv, and and I think I might read this whole thing. I, I think it might take a minute or two, but this is from like somebody wrote me. His name is Manson Comedy. I don't know if that's his real name is Manson, probably, but um, um, sent me a message. And I'll just read it out there. Uh, hey there, homie. I'm Brian Manson. Oh, there he is. Hi, hi, Brian. I was listening to some of your podcasts and thought I could give you some insight on why people think improv is cheap. I've never seen improv, but I'll explain it from my point of view. To quote The Sopranos... Oh, he's never seen improv. Um, it has either meaning or no meaning. On a similar note, something is either pure or impure. 
from a friend I have that does improv, I get the impression that most people have some idea about what they're going to say, or at least they know what the range of topics are, so they are somewhat prepared for it. In general, you are lowering the bar when you do improv because the audience will accept something that is lower in quality than other types of comedy. But because people are preparing for it, they end up lowering the bar and then act like it was all improv. It would be like if I told you I painted something with my eyes closed, but the whole time there was a tiny tiny little hole in the blindfold you used. Sure, it's going to be hard because there's a small hole, but it's deceptive in nature. You might be saying to yourself, well, not everyone does that, but that doesn't stop it from diluting the art form, and that is a shame for those people. It's the same reason that freestyle rappers will always be associated with posers in my mind. Okay, this, yeah, so everybody, yeah, get on this guy. Because 99% of good freestylers wrote their stuff beforehand, or at least a good large percentage, I I don't know where he got that number. If that sounds cynical, that's because it is, and it doesn't mean that I'm right about it. You're probably not right, but that's fine. Neither am I, so that's that's right. I just don't like taking people's word for something when there's a possibility that they're lying. Why not just pick something that tells me that you've been you're you're being honest about what you're saying? I like the podcast, man. Keep it up if you respond to this. Okay, blah blah blah. Um, so I'm responding now, uh, and I think. I think basically he summed up the reason, I think, why people dislike improv. Um, so I do agree with sort of a, a big portion of that, that improv, like, it, it, doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like something that ought to work, or it sounds like a trick or a cheap shot or something like that. Um, but, but I still also, despite what it's sounding like, I, I've seen improv that I've really loved, um, and so I can't. You know, I can't see the art form in itself. And that's the other thing, like, I guess to tie back to the bad comedy is bad for all comedy, uh, bad improv is bad for all improv. I think different art forms, like, probably have different levels of what, you know, how many bad people are doing it or, you know, how much of how much bad improv is there out there compared to good improv. Um, it might be the case that it sort of averages out over all the different, you know, uh, niches and industries and stuff. Um, but I think, uh, I, I think, yeah, I think every industry has that, uh, like, has that problem of there being bad stuff of it out there. And that's something basically you just have to, like, it, as a, you know, practitioner of that art form, you kind of, I mean, there's, I mean, yeah, you can get mad at them, you can tell them to practice more, or tell people to shape up and stop doing it so badly and start doing it goodly. Which I think that's I think that's important that yeah I, I hate telling people to stop doing things like that that hurts my soul a little bit I I don't and I hate be seeing people telling other people don't do that or or stop doing that like stop doing this stop doing comedy stop doing improv stop like I don't like to see people saying stop and and when you say stop doing bad improv I know that it's implied that oh okay do good improv instead um, but I think as much as we can try to, I think we should try to always say um, things like get better or please please do better comedy or please improve at your comedy rather than stop being so bad or stop being so awful. You always want to try and, um, uh, yeah, shine it in a light of positive direction, like start being better. like Because be, that's what, when, when you give somebody criticism or you're writing a bad review or something that's what you want to do you want to say uh be better like this is this is to improve all of our lives like our whole all of humanity will be better off if you become better at what you do uh so there's no like please stop and never try again or something like that um but yes there is uh but i think uh, yeah, I think I I think I made my point though um, last week about how there are different levels of preparedness and uh, stand-up comedy is just one more version of that because if you really wanted to be the, as prepared as you possibly could and as as perfect in everything in place as you possibly could, I think television does a better job of that. I think television gets things a lot more precise and perfect and and because you can do multiple takes um so yeah I, I think my point stands from last week but um yeah 
think I'd, I'm basically redoing last week's episode, but hopefully better. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, well, I, I should just say thanks, Brian Mason, for the, Brian Manson for the uh, for the feedback for the email. Um, and um, oh, okay. Like, let's talk about what else happened. Uh, I was on another somebody else's podcast. This is the uh, Brad Questions uh, episode. The the main podcast of what it it's called Eric tries too hard. Eric tries too hard podcast, and that's with Eric whose name I can't remember, but I will put his, I'll put a link in the, the description of this episode, um, but yeah, you can, you can find him at Eric Tries Too Hard, I think that's his Twitter handle too, Eric Tries Too Hard, and he has a friend, Brad Hartland, who I met on Google Hangouts, um, we had a Google Hangout, and we did a podcast uh, where he interviewed me, and he asked me all kinds of questions, and I got to talk all about me. All about me and my life, so that was very nice for me. So I got a little bit of an ego boost, boost being asked all about the things that I might know. So if you want to check that out, um, that is the uh, Brad Questions sub-podcast of the Eric Tries Too Hard podcast. And I'll put a link in, in this one, so you can listen to that. It is, and it's good. Um, speaking of other projects that I do, I do the Simulationist um it is another podcast with my very good friend Ryan Kirkby, so uh, you can look that up. The Simulationist um, dot com is where you can find it. Uh, you can type it into iTunes or whatever. Uh, yeah, um, if you're looking for old episodes of this podcast, just in case you, this is the first one you've seen, um, I don't have the. I haven't set up the account to save old episodes, so there's only like this week and last week's are up, and then beyond that. Uh, you have to go to archive.org slash details slash space boot one. And it's space boot one still because I didn't change that. Um, but I will also include a link in uh, the notes for this episode for for that. And then, you know, two weeks from now, this episode will be on the archive.org. That'll be the only place you can get it. And that's just how it works. That's just how it goes. How life, that's just life. Everything gets archived away, which is good. I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, I didn't even get to talk much about, uh, what happened at Ratfish on last Thursday and Monday is what's happened in between the last podcast and now. Um, suffice it to say, it was very good. Oh, um, I mispronounced Damon Schroeder's name <laughs> on the last episode, so apologies to him. Um, I, I did pronounce John Cullen's name. Uh, correctly, because that's an easy name to get, and um, I should plug, I met him at um, on Friday and Saturday, and I learned about his wonderful sports comedy podcast uh, out of Vancouver, it is called Real Good Show, so if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, there's another good one, I met him, he's a really cool guy, and he's got a cool podcast, so there's another one to add to your ever-growing list of podcasts to listen to. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at spaceboot1. I'll, uh, yeah, spaceboot1. That's the numeral one. Spaceboot1 is me on Twitter, and uh, you can find out about you know podcasts that I find about, or YouTube videos that I happen to like, or or this podcast, or the Simulationist podcast, and so on and so forth. Um, but it, yeah, that's so. Wow, yeah, you got a lot of podcasting to listen to, so maybe I should let you go. Um, let's see, what else can we talk about in the last, uh, I guess I have about seven minutes-ish. Oh yeah, I wanted to make a, a point about, uh, stealing material, um, because this comes up every, every so often. I think I have, I have talked about stealing, uh, material before, like, stealing jokes and bits and, like, passing them off as your own, um, and I've... Like, I've never had this happen to me. Of course, I'm, I'm still new enough that all my jokes are crap and nobody would ever want to steal any of mine. But if they happen to, um, it, it has occurred to me that this would not necessarily bother me, like, very much at all. And um, I was thinking of, like, sort of making some kind of blanket statement about, oh, you know, anybody who wants to steal my jokes, you know, feel free. Like, my jokes are just, you know, free for the universe to take. Um I, I still feel that way. Like, I feel like I wouldn't care if somebody stole my... Like, I guess worst-case scenario would be, like, somebody really awful 
would steal one of my jokes and then like become really famous and like and that becomes their signature bit and they become a millionaire and then, and then after that they're like you know super mean to me or something okay that's the worst scenario um but all, in between all of that there's probably a few like not so bad scenarios where somebody uses it for a while and then like kind of dies away and then oh well um but it occurred it all, then after that occurred to me it's a different thing occurred to me all of these things occurring to me um that uh, I don't think that it's my permission necessarily to give. Like it's not really up to me to say. And this is the same sort of deal with that I that I made a point that I made about hecklers is it's not really up to me to decide whether heckling is okay. It's sort of up to the audiences. In the same way, it's not really up to me to decide if oh I don't care if people steal my material. Like it's fine. Because, like, it's more really up to the audiences and up to the community and sort of the culture at large. Um, and I think I think there occasionally is, you know, sort of a thread through this, the stand-up comedy community where, it, like, you know, back in the vaudeville days or whatever, where somebody could steal and that's just, that's how it is. That's how it goes. You just, it's just words. You can't own words, so just people steal it and that's how that's fine but it is the fact that the culture that we live in currently this this age of the culture um we do care about stealing like our our culture for whatever reason does care about stealing and i think the i, I think the the main reason for that is the fact that there's an any inequity of compensation for entertainers in our world and like people kind of like a very small number of people kind of blow up really big and like make a lot of money and then a, a whole bunch of people like um promoters and uh managers and and companies and corporations will earn a lot of money and then so the the actual performers like they often sort of get left behind or get left you know overlooked or slip through the cracks or something like that so when it is the fact that they've written something they've you know, put blood, sweat, and tears into some sort of joke or, you know, refined it and everything like that, that um, if that then gets stolen and makes somebody else a lot of money and the, and the original artist is still kind of suffering, like that doesn't, we don't like that. That doesn't serve our sense of justice in the way the universe ought, ought to work. So our solution to that is to sort of have a blanket prohibition against stealing material and against using the same material as somebody else. Um, whereas I, I think if we lived in a, if our culture was a little bit different and and there was more fair compensation, if there if we figured out a way to pay comics like before they got famous or um, if there was a comic stipend that you could earn or something, I don't know, from the government or whatever. I mean, this is some this is maybe some socialist stuff, but um, the point being, if we had a different model, if we had a model that compensated artists more fairly in some way, then we probably would be a little bit more okay with just letting material go and letting it sort of flow freely between people and stuff like that. So I guess what I'm also saying in, in the same line is it probably within my lifetime, we probably will have um, some kind of better model. Well, somebody will figure out some way of compensating um, artists uh, more directly for the actual work that they put in. Uh, and it might actually, it might return to a world where uh, where that's the case, where we don't care so much about stealing because um, at, at least we know somehow the person who created that material is still getting compensated for it. And, it, you know, I guess it might be something like an attribution link. Back, like, if this was all on the Internet, like, they could just have a little, like, a watermark or a, something in embedded in the file. Like, if it's an audio file or something, just, just a, an attachment or something embedded. And it just says, oh, original author that so-and-so, you know, here's their bank account or their basically compensation number and that every time that joke or piece gets used again it you know pennies get sent back to the original person who made it and so they get paid either way so uh that's that's my thought on joke stealing i guess which is um but yeah for the time being it's still a, it's still a no-no and i can't do that whole thing with you know granting permission if i like specifically write a joke for somebody that's you know that's its own thing like because we do that all the time we sort of write for pay we write a joke and we sell it to somebody that's fine they can buy it off but there can't be any of this um like i was trying to think of a way to 
to do like an, a Creative Commons or an open license on jokes. And I just, I, I don't think we're there yet. I don't think that can work. Um, but I, I would be interested, like if, if people have other um, articles on how that's, uh, you know, if somebody has, has a great idea on how to do that, I would be happy to read it. And I have just haven't, um, haven't seen anything like that, at least for jokes. Um, yeah. Um, what, I wanted to, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about, but we are just over the hour. Uh, oh, well, I guess just to finish off, let me see what happened <laughs> on Monday, which, okay, Monday was last night for me because this is recorded on Tuesday. Um, Monday was last night, and what happened last night? I was quite satisfied with my performance. It was it was all new material, and a, a whole big chunk of it was actually improvised on stage, um, which, like, when I was up there, I didn't, I didn't feel like I got the, you know, the most laughs or anything like that. But I did get chuckles. I always, that's what I, been the story of my life for the last couple of weeks is like, eh, chuckles, but nothing like, no, no really big laughs. Um, so, yeah, still grinding away at that. But yeah, last week I, I sort of, or yesterday I tried something, tried that new, like a bit more improvised style, a bit more, uh, kind of a little bit like what I'm doing now but so you can understand why it wouldn't necessarily go over well in a three minute segment when I need like 45 minutes just to get to a little single point about like how how to learn comedy the best methods of learning um but uh I'm still like the other thing is I'm still enjoying it like that that's what I really noticed actually last night was that I felt really good the whole time like and you know I um I don't know if I've mentioned this in the podcast, but like when I go to open mics, I don't do, I don't drink any alcohol. I don't smoke pot. I don't, nothing like that. Often I don't even eat uh, food. Like I just go up, like I try to be a little bit hungry before I go up. Um, I do drink water uh, and then I, I have to go pee always before I, do you, is that something that's common in open mics? Just, I think it is. I think people get the feeling of just before you go on, you feel like, oh, suddenly, like, oh, I have to pee. <laughs> and then you don't think about it, like, you can you can hold it for three minutes, right? <laughs> but, yeah, you don't even, your body is just like, no, we have to pee now. <laughs> Get it done. Um, and, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, improvisation and just feeling comfortable on stage and feeling like really happy with like just being there. Like that's one thing I noticed. And, um, I think, I'll, yeah, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be more like that, more just, uh, I, I used to, like I said, when I first started, I, I was, um, I always get a little bit nervous before I go on stage and I notice I get m- when I'm going up with new material, I actually feel a lot more nervous than when I'm, when I'm going with old material. Um, and, uh, and that sometimes, I think that went away a bit, a bit last night, which I was kind of thinking like that sort of nervousness is actually kind of helpful and useful in a lot of ways. Um, just because it, uh, it, 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 you look a bit funnier. You like, if you're a little bit nervous and on edge and you're able to, I guess here's the other thing, like why nervousness is useful on stage. This maybe this should be a, a comedy cheat corner if I still have time for it. Maybe I'll go a little bit over time this week. But uh, for comedy cheat, comedy cheat corner, uh, be nervous um, because what nerves do is they they trigger this uh, reactive instinct in a person, and what you get, what you have is um, you want to. Uh, you get this natural instinct to want to diffuse that situation. And when you're a comic, one of the things in your arsenal for diffusing situations is humor. Um, and it becomes almost natural just to sort of react. So when if you make yourself a bit nervous on stage, what happens is, is you, it's almost like you auto, like your body almost automatically grabs that, like, oh, oh God, this will be 
you know, uh, <laughs> I got to get out of this some way. I got to make a joke. I got to diffuse this tension rather than like if you were just relaxed and, and whatever on, on stage, then you're just, oh, OK, whatever. I'm not going to worry too much about, you know, making funny or getting out of the situation. I just, I'm just sort of here and comfortable. I don't care. And that's not good. So there's a comedy cheat. Just be nervous. Um, which I guess, yeah, that that ruins what happened to me last night because I was very comfortable and I didn't feel nervous at all. So, ah, yes, could be a problem. But I, th yeah, and I've because I've heard that from uh, Louis C.K. in some of his interviews. He's talked about like the advantages of being of being quite nervous okay so yeah i've gone over the hour um i should wrap it up at this point uh thank you all for listening to the end of the episode i i don't know i, I wish i had some kind of reward to give you like here's a happy noise well there there a little voice for you happy noise happy noise happy noise happy noise see you listen all the way to the end of the podcast you get a funny voice well, I've been Josh Levin, and uh, I hope you'll come back again next week. And um, I hope that you'll, in fact, I should mention, I hope that you'll come out to events like we have comedy in Victoria at the Ratfish uh, Lounge at the Ramada, uh, beautiful Victoria, British Columbia. So if you happen to be in Victoria, if you live in Victoria or if you're visiting Victoria, please, 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 Monday and Thursday come by the Ratfish. Uh, on weekends, you probably want to come down to the to Hacklers to see who we've got. I'm not going to look up who we have headlighting this weekend because I always I always get or well I'm embarrassed from getting Damon Schritter's name wrong last time, but he was awesome by the way. Like he was really good. That was last week, um, but this week we have somebody entirely different at Hecklers. So come down Friday, Saturday, um, Sunday night. Come down to. Um, improv cabaret uh in victoria uh at the Impre intrepid theater um and oh this week also uh starting on wednesday thursday friday is laughlandia so also come down to laughlandia rifflandia laughlandia which is a subsection of rifflandia um which is a music festival in victoria uh it's going to be really fun um and we have some of our favorite local comedians who I'm trying to infiltrate the ranks of. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're going to be there. There's, they're going to be doing some uh, fantastic stand-up comedy there. And so please come down. Um, there, There's another reward for you for listening all the way to the end. You get all the plugs <laughs> of the local shows. Uh, and tonight, it's going to be too late by the time I upload this, but there will be more shows at the, the Strath. But uh, tonight I'm going... It is... Oh my... I might actually be late for this. Um, the comedy at the Strath. There's there's a there's an uh, no, it's not open mic. It's just a regular like comedy show. I guess they decided not to go with the open mic. I don't know. It's not. But anyways, that's happening at the Strath in the Maple Room. But there's going to be more shows there in the future. So yeah, you can always check those out as they come up as it happens. Um, and I'm going to get out of here. So uh, thanks. <laughs> I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to my Spaceboat One podcast and uh, and being my friend and loving me and giving me lots of hugs and kisses and handshakes and uh, and dry humps and all of those wonderful things. And I will see you again. Um, you know, if I know you in real life, I'll see you at. Uh, see you around i guess various places and uh if i don't know you in real life or if you're just listening and you've never seen my face well you'll hear my beautiful voice again in the next week all right thank you so much for listening um i am for for real signing off i've been josh Trelevin, and bye for now i love you theme song <laughs>